0: Chapter Seventeen of Cripps the Carrier by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen. Installed at Brazen Nose, Master Cripps was accustomed mainly to daylight roads and open ways. It was true that he had a good many corners to turn between Beckley and Oxford, whether his course were through Ellsfield and Mardson or on a broader track from Headington but for all sharp turns he had two great maxims keep on the proper side and go slowly by virtue of these he had never been damaged himself or forced to pay damages and when he was in a pleasant vein at the dusty anvil or anywhere else it was useless to tell him that any mischance need happen to a man who heeded this that is to say if he drove a good horse and saw to the shoeing of the nag himself of course there was also the will of the lord but that was quite sure to go right if you watched it if he has any good substance in him a man who spends most of his daylight time in the company of an honest horse is sure to improve so much that none of his bad companions know him supposing that he ever had any the simplicity and the good will of the horse his faith in mankind and his earnest desire to earn his oats and have plenty of them also, the knowledge that his time is short, and his longest worn shoes will outlast him, and that when he is dead, quite another must be bought who will cost twice as much as he did. These things, if any sense can be made of them, operate on the human mind in a measure for the most part favorable. Allowance therefore must be made for Master Leviticus Cripps and his character, as often as it is borne in mind that he from society of good horses, was by mere mischance of birth fetched down to communion with low hogs not that hogs are in any way low from a properly elevated gazing point and taking perhaps the loftiest of human considerations they are as yet fondly believed to be much better on a dish than horses but that as cripps would plainly put it is neither here nor there just now and it is ever so much better to let a man make his own excuses which he can generally do pretty well cripps well met cried russell overshute seizing him by the apron as zachary stood at the corner of ship street to shake his head after his brother who had made off down the corn-market you are the very man i want to see lor a mercy now be i your worship well there are not many gentlemen as it does me more good to look at without any flattery he might say that it was good after dealing with a crooked man to set eyes upon young overshoot in his face was no possibility of lie hidden thought or subterfuge whatever he meant was there expressed in quick bold features and frank bright eyes his tall straight figure firm neck and broad shoulders helped to make people respect what he meant moreover he walked as if he had always something in view before him he never turned round to look after a pretty girl as weak young fellows do he admired a pretty girl very much but had too much respect for her to show it he had made his choice once for all in life and his choice was sweet grace oglander i made sure of meeting you master cripps if not in the market at any rate where you put up your fine old horse i like a man who likes his horse i want to speak to you quietly cripps i am your man sir go where you pleaseth without no beckoning i be after you there is nothing to make any fuss about cripps and the whole world is welcome to what i say whenever there is no one else concerned at present there are other people concerned and get out of the way you jackanapes in symmetry with his advanced ideas he should not have spoken thus but he spake it and the eavesdropper touched his hat and made off very hastily russell was not at all certain of having quite acted up to his better lights and longed to square up all the wrong with a shilling but with higher philosophy suppressed that foolish yearning now cripps just follow me he said the carrier grumbled to himself a little because of all his parcels and the change he was to call for somewhere and a woman who could not make up her mind about a bullock's liver not to think of more important things in every other direction No one thought of nothing of the value of his time, every bit of the same as if he was a lean old horse turned out to grass. In spite of all that, Master Cripps did his best to keep time with the long legs before him. Thus he was led through the well-known ways to the modest gate of Brazen-Nose, which, being passed, he went up a staircase near the unpretentious hall of that very good society. "'Why am I here?' thought Cripps. But with his usual resignation, added, I have a seed finer places nor this. This in the range of his great experience doubtless was an established truth, but even his view of the breadth of the world received a little twist of wonder, when over a narrow dark doorway which Mr Overshoot passed in silence, he read, for read he could, these words Reverend Thomas harden now, May I be danged, said Cripps, if i ever come across such a queer thing as this here be however he quelled his emotions and followed the lengthy striding overshoot into a long low room containing uncommonly little furniture there was no one there except overshoot and a scout who flitted away in ripe haste with an order upon the buttery now cripps did thou ever taste college ale mr overshoot asked as he took a chair like the dead bones of ezekiel master carrier here thou hast the tokens of a new and important movement in my time chairs were comfortable but they make them now only to mortify the flesh did your worship mean me to sit down asked cripps touching the forelock which he kept comb for that purpose certainly cripps be not critical but sit i thank your worship kindly he answered with little cause for gratitude i have a drove many a thousand mile in a seat no worse nor this perhaps your reservation is wise my friend your driving board must have been velvet to this but the new lights are not in our brewery yet if they get there they will have the worst of it here comes the tankard well done old hooper score a gallon to me for my family with pleasure sir answered hooper truly while he sat on the table a tray filled with solid luncheon "Ah, i see you remember the good old times when there was those in this college sir that never thought twice about keeping down the flesh and better flesh sir they had ever so much than these as are always a doctoring of it ah when i comes to recall to my mind what my father said to me when first he led me in under king solomon's nose "'Bob, my boy,' he says to me. "'No, Hooper, I know that this advice was good. "'The fruit thereof is in yourself. "'You shall tell me all about it "'the very next time I come to see you.' "'Ah, they never cares now to hearken,' "'said Hooper to himself, "'as with the resignation of an ancient scout "'he coughed and bowed and stroked the cloth "'and contemplated Cripps with mild surprise, "'and then made a quiet exit.' as for listening at the door a good scout scorns such benefit he likes to help himself to something more solid than the words behind him if i may make so bold said the carrier after waiting as long as he could with overshoot clearly forgetting him what was it your worship was going to tell me time is going by sir and our horse will miss his feeding attend to your own cripps attend to your own i beg your pardon for not helping you but that you can do for yourself, I dare say. I am trying to think out something. I used to be quick. I am very slow now. Cripps made a little face at this to show that the ways of his betters had good right to be beyond him. And then he stood upon his sturdy bowed legs and turned a quick corner of eye at the door, in fear of any fasting influence and seeing nothing of the kind, with pleasure laid hold of a large knife and fork lay about you cripps my friend lay about you to your utmost so said mr overshoot himself refusing everything riley now i don't know your worship how to get on all the aiding by myself some folk can and and some breaks down at it i must have somebody to ate with me so be it was only now a babby or a dog i thank you for the frank comparison cripps well help me if you must i see you can carve i am better at the raw mate sir but i can make shift when roasted Butcher your numbers my brother your worship but-but perhaps you never heerd on him oh yes i know cripps a highly respectable thriving man he is too all your family thrive and everybody speaks so well of them why look at leviticus they tell me he is three hundred pigs like most men who have the great gift of gaining good-will and popularity. Russell Overshoot loved a bit of gossip about his neighbors. "'Your Worship,' said Cripps, disappointing him of any new information, "'pigs is out of my way altogether. When I was a young man of tender years, counteracted I was for to carry a pig. Three pounds, twelve shillings, and four pence he cost me in less than three-quarters of a mile of road.' "'and squeak, squeak, all the way, "'as if I was a-killin' of em, "'and not he me. "'Seemeth he smelled some apples somewhere, "'and he went through a chainy lock "'and a violin, and a set of first-born baby linen "'of Squire Corser's daughter. Grown up now she is, "'your worship must have met her ridin'. "'And that was not the worst of it, nother. "'Well, Cripps, you must tell me another time. "'It was terribly hard upon you.' But my friend the gentleman who lives here will be back for his hat when the clock strikes two cap and gown off when the clock strikes two from two until five he walks fifteen miles whatever the state of the weather is or oh, bless me your worship i could not travel that with an empty cart and all downhill. never mind cripps will you try to listen and offer no observation to say nor does your worship mean well all our family be esteemed for that then prove the justice of that esteem for i have a long story to tell you cripps and no long time to do it in chapter seventeen